En Kaiser Permanente creemos que la salud es un derecho para todos. Un derecho que respeta a todas las comunidades. Un derecho que enfrenta a los desafíos sin dejar a nadie atrás. Y que ayuda a los niños a crecer más sanos. Y que nos prepara para un futuro donde todos podamos sentirnos protegidos. Creemos que la salud es un derecho para vivir bien. Kaiser Permanente. Viva bien. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic Stay Inc. 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. What is up, everybody? We It happened again. Another Panthers win. Three in a row. I mean, that's www.dubs.com right there. Like, I can't imagine that we're sitting at a winning record. I can't even remember the last time we had a winning record. D d does anyone remember? Uh, last year, we were like, what? Five and two, I think. I think? It was either four or two, five or two, when you, before like everything went to hell in a handbag. Yeah, but, yeah, but everything went to shit. Yeah, it was probably I think it's like somewhere around there. And I mean, that's it's a great feeling. And I know we know we kind of said this. It's like, oh, cool, the, the Falcons. Oh, cool, the Cardinals. But like three wins are three wins. And now with the Bucks or the Bucks losing to the Bears and you're sitting almost near the top of the throne, like, listen, look, the, 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 the line of victory and defeat in the NFL is razor thin. So I don't care who you're playing. At the end of the day, and you hear people say it all the time, a win in the NFL is a win in the NFL. Take it and roll with it because the difference between this team and this team could very well be, you know, just razor thin. I mean, look at Atlanta. Look at all their losses. Imagine the margin of like the margin of victory has been very slim. We could easily be 0-5, but luckily 3-2. and have a chance to win the division. I mean, I think we are, you know, on through five weeks, I've looked at the competition. I've looked at our division itself. We have a legit shot to make a push. I mean, just keep continue to grow. Honestly, that's all, that's all, that's all I really can ask for from this team at this point. And you get an NFC, and especially I think it's very fortuitous that you get a year where they just now added an extra playoff spot, an extra wild card spot. And with the NFC looking the way it is right now, no one in the NFC East is going to take that wild card spot. No one in the yeah. NFC West, I feel like, with the way that the 49ers play today, they're not going to take that wild card spot. Oh, God. So, wait, just a couple of things. Yeah, right. I mean, listen, the NFC, and now, you know, we all saw what happened to Dak. Um, you know, our prayers and thoughts with him because he's done for a year. And hopefully it's not something that's a year or two. Um, but the NFC is – listen, I, I would have told you – we all said at the beginning of the year there's no way they make the playoffs. They might get three to five wins. This and I texted Jack, you know, during the game, and then of course they had a couple bad series. But this is by far one of the most solid offenses, if not in the NFC, in the NFL. And in the NFC, you're talking about seven teams, and where where are they going to come from? I mean, I'm sitting there today watching Philly lose. You watch Dallas win, but the Giants were right there. Uh, San Francisco, they benched Jimmy Garoppolo, who just played horrible. So it's, it, I, I, I mean, it, it, all for grabs. Tampa Bay loses, and listen, we get them again. And and I'll just say it real quick because I was going through it in my mind. If you don't mind me talking about it for a second, I looked at the rest of the Panthers' schedule. I mean, they listen. 
they're going to be in games. And 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 when you talk, you still got the Pan. I mean, the uh, Falcons again, the Buccaneers at home, the Saints. I, I, who knows? So I, I don't want to go. You know, I don't want to put the you know the horse before the cart. But right now at three and two, you. You don't know what that saying means, do you? No, but it's you don't put the cart before the horse. horse That's the saying. Huh? You it's the saying is you don't put the cart before the horse. All right, whatever it is, dude. <laughs> you gotta put the horse before the cart. How else will it go? All right, well, okay, whatever. Got it. Okay, whatever. But you know what I'm getting at. You just you don't you don't want to think that, but right now, how would you not? I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I mean, I've been looking at this defense and I've been a a question I've always questioned this defense each and every week. Anytime I do a money in the bank, I look at the defense. I'm saying, okay, are y'all gonna play up the par today? You know, and and for the past few weeks, they've lived up to the billing. I mean, I I gotta give Phil Snow his credit. I didn't think he was a great hire, honestly, coming from a coming from Baylor in the Big Twelve. They don't play any defense in that conference, so I I thought, what could Phil Snow bring to us that we could possibly use? But they seem to have something. I mean, the secondary. For what it's worth, I mean, they, they give up a lot of yards, but they still make timely plays. Our, our front seven, again, you know, I probably would like a replacement middle linebacker other than to, to other than to hear Whitehead. But, again, we they, they've held up great. So, I mean, I've got to give credit to Phil Snow in that defense so far through five games. I will say I do have a I still have a couple stipulations with that defense because you saw towards the end of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, one's Dante and prayers that that toe injury is not something serious because that seems something that's been reoccurring. And we all know how the Panthers health staff is with foot injuries. They're not great at helping them recover. So that's a scary thought. And then when Brian Burns went out, I mean, the run, the floodgates started to open on the running game. They were powering down our throats. And whether it's you don't have anybody on the ends that can can, you know, make up for his loss or like we're just that bad at the run because we had gotten better. We shut down Austin Eckler a couple weeks back. We shut down Kenyon Drake, who that's I mean he had a kind of a good day this week. But then you saw it looked kind of like that Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Josh Jacobs games where they were running it right down our throats and getting you know a good amount of yardage. So that concerns me a little bit because it seemed like you know they were. I mean when you have guys that are just it's just Marquise Haynes, F.A. Obata, and you turn Gross Matos and like. I mean, that's not a bad squad. Marquise Haynes can pull his weight in some efforts. FAO Body, you know, is actually living up to his good story. And Yaturis had some flashes. What really scared me, um, I mean, not even scared me, but you saw some of our, uh, you know, some of our defensive back plays. We thought exactly what was going to happen. Christian Kirk, or excuse me, Christian Kirk, um, Calvin Ridley, he, he, he made his name. He went, he, he went off. And even with some drop passes, you know, he, he still had a, a, a opportunities to make it even bigger plays. And Lord knows what would have happened if Julio was healthy for the game. I mean, you know, we've never done well against him. Oh, so I do still have some stipulations with his defense. But in all, in all honesty, like like the guy who could have lost us, not even loses the game, but <laughs> Justin Burris, he had almost a horrible play in trying to go for the, And I understand you're drilled as a DB for the scoop and score. That's your mantra. You get it and you go. But you got to make sure you have that ball. You got to get it first. That. Yeah, you got to get it first. And he just let that happen. And. I mean, because Brian Bird's made an insane play. He didn't even he didn't even like make a fist. He just put his arm in and the ball went flying. Yeah. But then he made it up for it on that, of course, game potentially game winning saving interception. Or he might have yeah. gotten away with a little DPI. What, what did you look at that coverage? You know that matchup, Shanties. I mean, was that was that iffy? You know that especially that last pick on what it could have been a DPI I'll, or just? I'll say this. I mean, you can call it, but that's. At a point, the, the defender is allowed. You, I mean, you can still put a body on, man. And he didn't. It wasn't blatant. That's the key. It wasn't. It wasn't a blatant. It wasn't a blatant hole. And again, a, a great play for him. 
keep the inside leverage, stays with him all the way through, turns his head, which is some, a problem a lot of defensive backs have when they get in certain areas, turning their head around and finding the ball. He had a heck of a play. He ran the route for. He essentially ran the route for him. But again, that could they could have if they wanted to give a hometown call right there. That it wouldn't have been wrong, but it would have been kind of a ticky tack type of foul. Now, Jeff, do you think if that? I mean, because they mentioned it in the, in the broadcast a little bit. Um, which I can't remember. Uh, I think it's Kurt Riley or Chris Riley or some, whoever's the the play by play guy. I love his voice. He was. I can't stand the color commentator. I don't know why. I just don't like his voice. I I, I don't know why. He's an old quarterback. He played for UConn. I don't remember his name, though. Uh, regardless, I, I, for whatever reason, I don't like his voice. And I don't know why. But they mentioned it. You know, Julio might have been able to big man Moss that that catch and get that reception for. Do you think that? I mean, if Julio's in, Jeff, do you think that's a that's a touchdown instead of a pick, or at least a batted a batted ball? You know, who knows? That's all I can tell you. I mean, Julio being a veteran might have had his body in a different spot. Maybe he approaches that route just a different way. But let me say this: as a formal former official. At, at that point of the game, at some point, you've got to let him play football. At some point, like Chauncey's mentioned, I mean, you could have thrown the flag in a bit. You know, at some point, you got to let him play football, which is why I think they did. And I think the guy, it, it was kind of that bang-bang play, and I thought he made a great play. But Julio, with his veteran kind of, um, you know, being a veteran the years he's had in the league, they're going to approach a route differently. If they're going up against a younger secondary, they're going to figure out how to get their body and take advantage of the situation knowing – if he's going to get to this ball, he's got to come through me this way. You know what I'm getting at? So that is where maybe you get a flag. Now, I know a lot of people don't know this, but within five yards from the line of scrimmage, you are able to make contact with the wide receiver as a cornerback. You're able to, you know, hand-to-hand up until they pass that point. In the in the red zone, getting close to the end zone, how does that change with, you know, that yardage? Because they were pretty close to the end zone. Is it still that five yards, or how does it – do you know how it kind of works and translate once you get down there? It's, it's still five yards, but they have to guess. So if you're the two-yard line, you're kind of, you know, halfway in the end zone, here you go. Um, you know, and, and the rule uh, does go. You can do what you want to in that five yards, but you can't grab the jersey, can't hold them. You can make some contact. So I, I think the judgment call, you know, and, and like you know, we said, it was pretty much a judgment call where I think they give them maybe half the end zone. Once you get past that half end zone, then, you know, game one. Now, one thing they mentioned in the broadcast that I caught that got me thinking, in this NFC South – they're all dealing with a lot of injuries. If you look at it, they're dealing with some of their biggest offensive playmakers out for multiple weeks. And the Panthers are obviously missing Christian McCaffrey. But if you look at it, you know, we talk about Julio. He's been out for a couple of weeks. Saints, they've missing Michael Thomas almost the entirety of the season. And then with the Tampa Bucks, you had, you know, Mike Evans had a stint. And then Chris Goblin's been out, you know, a couple of weeks. Does it make you all feel better the way that the Panthers have handled losing their best offensive player compared to how the other teams in the NFC South have kind of, sla- you know, slacked off? Oh, yeah, I'm, I've been thoroughly impressed with how we've handled losing Christian McCaffrey. Like I said last week, I think it's been the best thing for Joe Brady because it's allowed him to just have to be – you have to be a good play caller now. He can't just be Christian McCaffrey to, to the flat. Move Christian McCaffrey to the slot. Let's try to get him here. Like, no, it has to be a full concerted effort to get everybody involved. And it's created a lot of opportunities for a lot of different guys. Like, look at Curtis Samuel today. Took a few carries in the backfield with Reggie Bonifant being out. And, again, using a lot of what – He's dynamic. He's losing a lot of his dynamic ability in different fashions. I mean, it's been, again, Carolina's done a great job of just running by committee and just not allowing it to just, uh, just looking at everybody else on the roster and saying, okay, well, he can do this. This guy can do that. We still have a lot, we still have a lot of moving pieces. I mean, we can do pretty much anything we want on the offensive side of the ball. And I've been impressed because they seem to be able to do whatever they want. The last three games, they've done whatever they wanted to on the offensive side of the ball. 
I think the interesting part is they've handled it in a professional way that they knew this was, was going down. We're going to figure it out and we're going to go. Um, and really, I mean, you almost can think of it as a godsend for somebody like Matt Rule. I mean, first year coach, this guy goes down. How am I going to coach this team? How am I going to do it in a way that we're going to win football games? Because let's face it, three weeks ago, we would have said we're going to lose the next three games <laughs> um, or the next however many. But you know what, guys, I'm getting it. There's, there's a report out that like um, uh, New Orleans, Mike Thomas, right? He actually got into a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's maybe why he's not playing, um, you know, and so you kind of see this kind of, you know, tension starting to build up with these other teams where, hey, we got nothing to lose. But now you get these other guys, the tension starts to build. And um, um, I'm going to bring it up real quick because I don't know if you know about it, but do you know that Dan Quinn got fired? Yes. Did he really did get fired? I haven't yeah. paid attention. Okay, the well, I figured that was the coming. The announcement's supposed to come Monday or Tuesday, but he was he was supposedly told after the game you're done. I mean, I sympathize for Falcons fans. He has been nothing since 2016. Absolutely nothing. Has worked with so much. The GM is doing a great job over there. Man, an entire O-line of first-round picks. That made me salivate. I wish Cam had that. I never knew that until they said that 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 was all. But here's the gist. And and listen, where did he come from? He came from Seattle. And it was the Legion of Boom. That's who he coached was that Legion of Boom. So he had all those guys to work with, and automatically he's going to be a great coach. And bam. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's supposed to be Monday or Tuesday. Um, He will be fired. Like I said, I sympathize with Falcons fans. I mean, I think right now they're battling with probably the Lions for a complete rebuild to get either Trevor Lawrence or uh, – oh, crap, the other one. Um, The other guy. Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's who (laughs) – Trey Lanes. Don't tell me that. Hey, he played one game. Look, people are – The boy can play all of them. He can play. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I wasn't big on him at first. I went and watched some film. He can play. It's just I don't know what to do with 28 touchdowns and no picks at North Dakota State. That's my only thing. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that at that level. But he can play football now. Well, there was a guy, Steve McNair, back in the day who played at Alcorn State, that, you know, hey. I mean, he play. I mean, if you can play, I think – if you can play, you can play and. Whatever division you're at, hey, um, it just becomes too, you know, the cool part about it is right now I don't even think, you know, three weeks ago we might have even been talking, hey, let's talk about that first pick. And now, hey, listen, Teddy Bridgewater, play ball, man. And every week he's playing, he is just getting more and more confident. He threw the ball today with um, authority. I I don't know any – there might have been one or two passes, and I'm like, wait, what? But other than that, I don't know if I even questioned many of the throws today. He seems to have a – that's why I've been impressed, but he seems to have a control of that offense. And it's good to see because, like I said, people will forget how good he was before his injury. He was starting to make that – he was starting to turn that corner last year with the Saints as well. But, you know, he just couldn't really get the full throttle of that offense because he only had five games. And you you knew Drew Brees was coming back at some point. Now this is this is his offense. And with, yeah. him, having, with him running the show and him being the unquestioned leader of that, of that group, you're starting to see his confidence is rising each week. And it, it's starting to show. Cause look at DJ Moore. DJ Moore was a guy we think we we, we had to be kind of waiting on for him to have a have his game of the season. He had it today. You know, yep. and it's and, and him and Robbie Anderson are just clicking. They 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 have each other's number. He's man, Curtis Samuel had more touches today. When I was happy to see him get more involved because I'm just starting to see more confidence in the in the overall group. And it's and it's starting with the quarterback at the helm. 
And he just, I mean, there's a guy like that, and they kind of mentioned it. They talked about it a lot, like in in the the broadcaster did. They, you, there's guys that are are selfless and they want to do what's best for the team, and there's guys that literally genuinely care more about the success of others than they do about the success of themselves. And if you really think about it, that's the that's the ideal mindset for a quarterback. I don't need to be the guy who's making all the plays. Yes, I'm making these passes, but it's not me. I'm getting the ball in their hands so that they can make these plays. You notice he doesn't keep the ball in his hand for that long, and that's really good for our offensive line. And it might be a little deceptive because, you know, he's getting a good amount of time, but he's also he's taking some hits in the pocket and still completing passes. There was some third down, and it's funny because with Cam, like if it was a third and 10, third and nine, you know, sometimes I'd be a little, I'd be a little scared to see if he's going to complete that pass or if he's going to take off. With Teddy, I'm less, I'm less concerned, and it's – it's weird because you go from this quarter. It's two different types of quarterbacks on the entire types of the spectrum. Not to say one's better than the other, but you had one guy who's like, okay, I need to put it all on my back. I'm the only one who can make these plays, which wasn't was, which was true for the most part for most of his career with the Panthers is that he did need to make all the plays. But with Teddy and with this new, with these same, it's like two different quarterbacks and two different groups of receivers, even though it's the same guys that are on that receiving core. You got one guy who's like, okay, these are good talent around me finally now, but like, I still feel like I need to make all these plays even though I'm not feeling my best. With Teddy's like, look, I y'all can make these plays. In open field, I mean, Mike Davis, that well, there was one screen run where he gained at least 20, 25 yards. He changed direction completely midfield, turned around, went the other side of the, away from the screen, and the guy runs like a freaking freight train. I mean, he looks like Stephen Davis reincarnated or Jonathan Stewart reincarnated. I keep saying it. The man does not stop moving his legs. He looks a lot like how he looked in South Carolina. Like I know people may not pay, they may not pay attention to Mike Davis because of the guy that came, the guy that came before him, which is Marcus Lattimore. But Mike Davis runs exactly the same. He's he's physical, great after contact, and has great contact balance. He he that first that first defender isn't the one that's gonna bring him down. He's I mean he's carrying three or four guys. I mean all of the highlights I saw today were Mike Davis carrying. Three, four defenders with him as he keep as he keeps pushing for first downs. I mean, and he spreads that. Oh, sorry, he spreads that mindset. You saw Curtis Samuel even in one of his touches. He was carrying four or five guys by himself. We know how DJ runs. He runs to score every play. That's why he gets those long touchdowns. And it's just, it's crazy. I think I think I looked at the stats. We're one of the top teams of yards after contact. Yeah, because I mean, we just, they don't go down. Mike Davis is second. And his, it's, I think, okay, so he had plus, he was beyond 150 yards total yards today, mm-hmm. uh, total yards offense. They mentioned he was second in uh, yards after that contact. It's like 13 to 14 yards. Um, That's insane. Now, I think he's behind one person. I don't know who that person might be, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Even a game behind, he's still behind him? He's still behind Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's still like eighth in rushing a game behind. But anyway, there. That's a completely different crap show right now. Um, but you know, Mike Day, listen, I sat there today and smiled every time he got the football. Because here's a guy who's been to four different teams, and he's found his spot. Yeah. And he came in, and, and there was that screen pass I think you're talking about. He carried four guys with him. And once they knocked him out of bounds, I mean, he had actually gotten loose of those four and went out of bounds. Um, so here's a guy who's like, listen, and, and you know, and that's to me – the cool part about the Panthers, and I don't want to get into Cam a whole lot, but you know what I'm seeing right now is a team that is selfless, a team that is going. You know what? We're nobody believes in this. Maybe we're going to go out there and we're going to get it done. And everybody brings something to the table. And and when you see Curtis Samuel in the backfield getting hand, you know, getting uh, you know handoffs. Um, but Mike Davis, you know, today I just watched him and was like, okay, wow. And and you talk about November December football. 
if you got a guy like him, and let's say you, you know, I know we play Green Bay later in the year, but you go to Lambeau or wherever it is, and you know, it's that mentality. I'm looking to the third or fourth quarter, and I've run CMC at you, and now I'm gonna run Mike Davis at you, and we need that two or three yards, and we're gonna pound the football. And listen, I know people love CMC, and that's great, but I can probably promise you that those front guys on the front line probably like Mike Davis a little more than they do CMC. Just because you know what I'm getting at, he is this guy who's going to be. When we get the running game, we we gonna pound it. And, and Mike Davis is that guy. Man, look, we. I just can't. I'm eager to see what happens when Christian McCaffrey gets back because I hope this offense goes to another level because there's still another level this offense can hit where it's clicking on all cylinders and it's scary to the point where we're talking about probably one of the, more, the most expo- most explosive offenses in the league. It's will they still? Mike Davis and it, and he should be. I just hope that they just realize that hey, we have a we have our backup running back. We have a guy that can be featured alongside Christian McCaffrey and go about still working him into the game plan. Well, that's what and that like that's what we keep talking about because it was a bit of a concern today. You know, we have I mean with Reggie out, you know, you sign you bring up Trenton Cannon, but even with Trenton Cannon, he's only coming in when Davis is getting when he's gassed. And you could see him kind of limping off the field a little bit. He's had I think he's just, you know, one of the guys who powers through whatever he has going on, but that could become an issue later on. So I think you find and I keep talking about it, and I don't necessarily think it's like a smash and dash, but you'd finally get a two running back system to where you don't have to run your guys under the dirt. You go, all right, a drive, McCaffrey, you go this drive, why not? All right, Davis, you come in, you do this drive. Like, that's what you can finally get. Because Davis, if you look at it, he's the penultimate kind of power back of all, and he's got all these attributes from other past Panthers running backs, if you really look at it. He's got the leg power of of Mike Tolbert, that willingness to not quit. He's got the ability to read the field like Steven Davis and make these bursts and these cuts. And then like Jonathan Stewart, he runs downfield and he runs head on. He's not going to run east to west unless he is open in the field, you know, to get that pass, something like Deshaun Foster would do. Yeah. So he's got all these cra- all these traits of all these great ones. And then Christian McCaffrey can't really compare to many pass running back because he's better than anyone we've ever had. Yeah. But you put those two together, but, I mean, come on. You, well, you, you, you might not even have to throw the ball any time. Uh, I mean, Joe Brady's got to be loving life right now. I mean, to look at the offense that he has in Chauncey, you mentioned it, and I mean, all of a sudden you come to a third down, you can put CMC in the slot, and you got Mike Davis in the backfield. Man, it's, and not only that, you have Curtis. Are you it's, you got Curtis Samuel. You got DJ I just, Moore. I mean. This, this is the first time you honestly can run a triple option offense with the NFL team. Yeah, no. Just a multitude of different guys that are great with the ball in their hands and taking it as running back because Curtis Samuel – Play some running back at Ohio State. He still has that kind of build and how he plays receiver. He plays it like a running back. Even DJ Moore is built more like a running back than he is a receiver, and so and he runs more like a running back when he's when he has the ball in his hands. Like he's got so much versatility with his offense, man. It's really scary to the thing. To, I told people going into the year, I'm like Carolina has one of the most untalked, uh, non-talked about explosive offenses. I said, I mean, you have Robbie Anderson with speed. Speed with DJ Moore, speed with Curtis Samuel. There's speed all over the field. This is so much variety that you can throw in with this offense that you really don't have an answer for week to week if you're opposing defense. And it's fantastic. And it's like you get what I'm seeing from these teams. It's funny because, like, we've seen these different kind of eras of the Panthers. You've seen kind of what's going on. And I see a lot of these past Panthers in our teams where you have got, like I said, you have Mike Davis and all the different guys that he looks like on the field to me. I get like memory flashes of it all. You get DJ who plays like Steve Smith. Whenever he touches the ball, he's playing to score. That's how he plays. You get guys like Curtis Samuel together and, and you know, Robbie Anderson. You kind of get a little bit kind of a version of like 
Ted Ginn and 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 Ver or excuse me and um, Philly Brown, where they're speedy, they're maneuverable, they can get around the field and try to get to that end zone. And then you get guys, you know, our defense kind of reminds me of that kind of 2011 to 2013 defense, kind of the bend, don't break, create turnovers, try to get off the field so your offense can get on. That's what they look like to me because we saw it today. You know, the Falcons made adjustments. You got to give it to them. And in the second half, at halftime, they made adjustments. They started changing up their offensive game plan and their defensive game plan. I think we had the ball once in the third quarter, and that was it. Um, and that's not something that's great. And you started to see a little bit of those, you know, red zone issues again. So Joe Brady's got to kind of work on that still. That's still an issue because you still had what I think it was uh, another field goal. And then um, I think one we had one more touchdown, I believe, after the turnover. It was either another – no, it was another field goal. Excuse me. Okay. But um, that's just kind of like it's all these different bits and pieces of past Panthers teams that I'm seeing. You have the the likability and the kind of the leadership of Jake DeLome in Teddy Bridgewater that he brings that fire under everybody. But he's got the accuracy of, you know, prime Cam Newton and can still kind of run a lot. I mean, and he can still run when he wants to. So this Panthers team, it's very like it's scary to me, though, because, you know, we've the Panthers have kind of played in the past where they played some of these teams that lead to that deceive you on how good your team actually is. We saw it with our, our offensive line in 2015 of all the teams we played that deceived how good our offensive line really was. And then you have games like last year, you know, seasons like last year where you win four or five games in a row. And it deceives on how good your offense really is because then, you know, you play some real teams and shit hits the fan. And not like this – I mean, like – and the 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 the, the regular season schedule is pretty favorable, as, you, like, as Jeff said, as you keep looking. But, you know, who knows what kind of teams we'd be seeing if and when we were to make the playoffs. Well, I think I think the cool part about today was this. I think you mentioned the third quarter, um, and I had texted you saying how good they were doing, and then all of a sudden it got a little shaky. What I thought was cool, though, was that um, – Joe Brady went back to what got him there, and that was giving the ball back to Mike Davis. I think if you think they kind of went back to that, we're going to pound it out a little bit because they knew what they had going on in the fourth quarter and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, too, it would be Atlanta Falcons. And it, and here's the and what I mean by that is we've had our problems. Let's be real. We've had our problems where last-minute heartbreaks and stuff like that. But what good team – you hear this all the time, and this is why I say what I said, you know, with good teams – go out and take care of what they're supposed to take care of. They're a better team than the Atlanta Falcons, hands down. They went out today, had a little adversity there in the third quarter, but they found a way to win, win the football game. And other than that little time in the third quarter, I, I think they pretty much dominated the game yeah. and they controlled it. So good teams and great teams go out and do what they're supposed to do against other teams. And to me, to watch Brady kind of figure it out, we need to get back to the what got us there and to, to finish it out and win – uh, it speaks volumes to where you go from here. I know for me, I, you know, last week I said this was a culture win for Carolina. If you get it, like your prime chance, you know, you saw, you know, Tampa Bay lose to Chicago on Thursday night. It's the, 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 the division's right there. All your goals are right there. You, like, you're not just playing just to win a few games just because you have a young team. You're playing to win something. And going to say, look, this could have easily been a game where you get mauled. Atlanta has a big day and – I mean, like, mind you, Ty Gurley on that. Uh, I watched Atlanta's first drive. They looked like they had no had no issue doing whatever they wanted to on that first drive, and they go down and score. And again, you didn't do you didn't do a great job of stopping Ridley or Ty Gurley, but you still made enough plays to win the game. And that's the NFL. I mean, you, you're gonna like, like we said earlier in the episode, the margin of victory is very slim. So I mean, whenever you have a chance, you you, you make your plays. Justin Burris again made up for his his miscue earlier in the game uh, with, with, the, with not recovering the fumble. And again, I, this team has belief. I, I think through three wins, this team has a belief in themselves. And now it's just got to be improving upon what you've already done. 
because see now you have a Chicago you have a Chicago team which I think is built on their defense, but that's still a very beatable team. And, and, and most of these games I see now for Carolina are winnable, but it's just time to take that next step. You can't make mental errors. You can't. You got to shore some things in the, in the red zone. It's just Carolina's gonna have to take that next step, and that's just gonna be all. On, it's gonna be on everybody, on the coaching staff and the players, because this, this is a young team now. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team grows together as they go through the course of the season. Because, I mean, they have a lot of things in front of them, man. Like you said, Jack, with that seven playoff spot now, it's, we, we are in play for a playoff spot. Well, and it's funny, you know, we always say as fans, like, and we've said it, you know, Jeff knows it, especially like within the first, you know, after the first two drives, I normally am like, okay, we're either going to win this game or lose this game. I'm pretty confident. And what I actually saw, and that's how I kind of felt after the first two drives, I'm like, oh my God, we always do this. We play really good games and then we go to the Falcons and we can't, we don't know what our, which footers are left and which footers are right. Like it's all, it always happens. But I think honestly, those two drives for the Panthers, both offense and defense was the absolute best thing that they needed. They needed that slap in the mouth. They'd gotten a little comfortable, a little complacent, maybe. They needed that kick in the face to go, hey, you actually, like, you got to try. You got to get things going if you're going to want to win games like this. You know, you can't just, you're still a young, inexperienced team. And while you might be fast and flashy, you got to win it in the trenches or else you're screwed and you're not going to win a football game. So I think that that for that first drive, those first series for the Panthers was exactly what they needed because you saw them turn, you know, turn it on after that. They got back to what the, you know, the fundamentals of their team and what makes them great. And um, I think for the one thing I also would like with that defense, I mean, like we said, you know, Todd Gurley had one of his best games of the season against us. And that does, does scare me a little bit when you have, you know, offenses like the bears. I don't remember if Tariq Cohen is healthy or not, but that's someone that strikes me as a problem for us. Um, and I believe David Montgomery is our other running back and he, he's iffy. I, I can never get a good hold on him, but um, there's like guys, there's certain guys that I want to see. I still want to see more from, especially on the defense. I mean, like, what was the point of getting Stephen Weatherly? Do, has he done a thing? Has he does he started? Has he played? Like, I don't even know if I see his name called. But we, one of, I mean, but we passed up guys like Everson Griffin for him, and you know some other defensive ends that we could have tried to lock on to instead that might have cost a little bit more. But like, you had kind of that a little bit of room to maneuver. So you know, I mean, there's still some guys that I want to see some more from, especially on defense. Um, Vincent, let me just say this real quick. The interesting part today, too, was I didn't think the secondary played bad. I thought they played pretty good. I think they're growing day by day. I'm granted Julio Jones went out there and really had a big game. What bothered me a little bit was the front seven in terms of there were a couple of times, more than a couple, that they had Gurley or whoever in the backfield. They literally had him in the backfield. All you have to do is make a tackle, and then they would get seven or eight yards. If, if, there, was, if there was one or two plays there, and it might have been a lot more than that, there, I was just going, you're right there. Make the tackle. And guess what? You, you, you it's a three yard loss or no gain or whatever. So that front seven, um, you know, and you're going to get some guys to run the football, but the gist is shore up that front line in terms of when you get it, make those tackles in the backfield, dude. I will say this, man. I I really want to I think the middle linebacker is exactly where we're drafting come, come draft day. Because I, you know, to hear Whitehead, he had a good season for the Raiders last year, but I don't see it. I don't see what they saw. I mean, I looked at some of his highlights. He just didn't – he doesn't flash off the screen or doesn't do anything spectacular, and he hasn't done anything for us particularly well. I, 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 and, it, you know, you just, you just miss Luke, you know. That's basically what he's <laughs> You just miss watching Luke Keekley play. Oh, they showed a graphic during the game, and it was talking – it was Matt Ryan talking about how different it was preparing for this team. Like we talked about, it could actually be a benefit for us. But it was showing – it was like Cam Newton, New England, Ron Rivera, Washington, Craig Olson, Seattle, Luke Keekley retired. And I was like, do, do you really – Total do you really, facelift. 
Uh, yeah, like, do you really need to? Do you re- do? And then the- get a credit card that gives you what you need now: a low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit penfed.org/goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. Like, so they showed like the guys that we have gotten in, 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 and then it also showed Chris McCaffrey, you know, like engine. And so it showed how we turned it around. It was like Matt rule, Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Davis, Jeremy Chin to hear Whitehead. And I was like, Oh, that, that's our five. I mean, that's not a, like, it's not that's awful. Not but like, but it's a team, but it's a team. We, we talk, it's a team. And I think like, like, like Shanti said it, it, a little while ago, the one God bless Matt rule. Cause the one thing he's done is he is the, the culture. The culture is believing in yourself. And the fact that, you know, he went into Atlanta and got a win um, in a place where they've had their trouble. Um, you know, you mentioned the Cam Newtons, the Greg Olson. They were superstars. They were the talk of the NFL. These guys are your, what do you call them? Um, lunchbox, pale brain. You know what I'm saying? Or like, he, listen, let's just put it where Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. They're a kick-ass football team. They're going to go out there and they're going to play like a football team. And, and sometimes not having those stars, per se, um, is a big deal and can be a, be a benefit. And I mean, this team has like the has the ability to, like I said, I've you know mentioned the kind of the past teams that I've looked at, but this team has the ability, has the option to go either way, and either way is necessarily bad. It has the option to be like the 2013 Panthers. You get kind of close. I think they, I think it was Zeri made the uh, the wild card and lost to the 49ers. You have the ability to get to that spot. So the other 2013, yeah, it was 2013, or you even have the ability to maybe mean like the way that the defense looks and kind of like you know the the keep pounding nature of it all and the kind of blue collar players we have. They have the chance to be kind of like the cardiac cats. I mean, they really kind of do. It, know, it's a it's a stretch, but I, I mean, look, I, and to be fair, when that team did what they did in 2003, nobody had them going to the playoffs that year. Like, nobody knew that team was that good. Look, I just – the only thing that scares me is that even though the defense is playing well and it's getting better, it's just you're still young, and I know a certain quarterback that you're going to play, you're going to run across. When you play Patrick Mahomes, he'll do it. Aaron Rodgers will do it. Drew Brees will do it if he's if his arm is still able they're gonna take advantage of your youth on the on, on on that side of the ball, and that's gonna and that scares me. Come playoff time when it gets to November, December football, because now you want you want veteran players and you want tough guys at, at that by that point in the season. And it's gotta be a 
I'm interested to see, like I said, like I said earlier, I'm interested to see the growth of this of that defense and, how, and, and do they continuously make strides and, and, do, and do certain guys step up? Does he, like Yatoya Grossmato, does he become a a true force on that defense on, on on that on that front line for us and gives us a third guy that can get to the quarterback? You know, yeah. so you know, it's, it's thing like things like that. And it's fun, but like, and you talk about, I mean, this this was a culture win for Matt Rule. I mean, and it's it hurt me. So it hurt my heart so much when they said this, but we hadn't beaten the Falcons in Atlanta since 2014. <laughs> since 24, we went to a Super Bowl bro, within that bro, time period. Like bro, what? I was a, bro, I was a, I think I was a, was I a, a junior in high school? No, I was a junior in high school. Oh, I was, oh, oh I was senior high school. God, don't mind, I'm old. But I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here looking at it on my phone or whatever. I mean, you know, and I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but, you know, you have the Bears coming to town. Then you go to the Saints. You got the Falcons coming to town. You go to the Chiefs. You got the Bucks at home. But then you got the Lions, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Redskins still. I mean, there's at least six to eight wins still out there. And, you know, you get six to eight more wins, you're talking, you know, Nine, ten wins. I mean, that's n- with this team and this offense. It's it's it. it, it I, it's possible. I know it's, it's there. It's, it's all there. And, you it, know, it's I, all it's all right there. And 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 and, and starting this season, if you would have said, "Hey, it's there in front of you at after week five, I wouldn't believe you. I, I, I truthfully wouldn't believe you. Game one, like um, I, but you know, I I got because I think going back to our record predictions, uh episode and I, I vaguely remember I think I had Carolina going five and eleven at best best case scenario was like seven and nine six and ten somewhere around there nine wins is in play especially that Chicago game will mean a lot I'm seeing right now I think the national media still hasn't caught on what Carolina's doing right now and and it's and, and as they should be I would be late to the Carolina party too because I'm still trying to wait and see what this team is. Chicago is a is a that's a big game. Chicago and New Orleans back to back are big games. I, you gotta you gotta split those. You gotta split those. You can't lose both. I, I mean, I I think Chicago is more winnable than New Orleans is, though. I agree. And I think, like you were talking about, you know, the defense is something we still have a little bit of issue with, even though Phil Snow has done an incredible job with what he's been given. But I do agree. I mean, again, we pray that the issue with, you know, whatever issue with Burns isn't serious because he had, I think, another slip two weeks ago where he was down for a second. And then same with Dante. We pray that those aren't, those aren't you know, longstanding because you look at the Bears team and, I mean, 27-3 to against the Lions. They scored 27 points on the Lions, but they let up 23. You got And they won that game. You get, win 17-13 to th- over the Giants. So you scored 17. You let up 13 to the Giants. Um, Bears at Falcons. I mean, we saw how that game went, but they won. It was 30-26. to they, The Falcons scored 26. Um, and then Colts, they lost 19-11. to Now, the Colts are a weird, a weird team to try to figure out. I still can't do it. But I, um, ooh, I watched it today. Listen. Philip Rivers is showing who he is. It's just weird. Did they? I mean, so they ended up winning that game. I didn't see the end of it. Uh-huh. They, they, lost, they lost that game to the Browns. They lost. They lost. Okay. okay. And the Browns. Lost, and I think he, had, what, he had two interceptions, no touchdowns. Oh yeah. And I think what the Browns did should be a blueprint for what every team should do against the, against Indianapolis Colts. Man, I, I mean, I, Philip Rivers is, isn't very good. No, and, and and I look at the, and I and I look at I still look at all the quarterbacks that got signed before Cam, and I God I hate I try to keep I try to quit bringing his name up, but I look and I'm like, really? This is your this is your guy. This is who you would be five yeah. and zero right now if you would have got Cam. 
Yeah, they have the pieces. They have the pieces. Oh, and then I mean, their most impressive game was against the Bucks. You know, obviously the twenty to nineteen. If you look at those, I mean, the amount of points they scored. Their highest was thirty against the Falcons. I mean, that's none of these defenses that they're playing, except for the Colts, are great. And they lost to the Colts. Our defense has a chance to prove itself this game by taking, by getting over after Foles, by locking down their receivers. Because I mean, I mean, they've got options, but not a whole lot. Jimmy Graham scares me against this because he seems like the kind of guy that goes, oh, the Panthers? Cool. And just goes for like 200 yards as a tight end and, and loses his mind. Um, but like the offense, we know what they're going to do. Like in all these, the Bears defense, while it has, you know, the pieces that just should it can create turnovers, but it, the ultimately it lets up points. It gives up a good amount of points. I mean, they let up like 26 to the Falcons, 23 from the Lions without Kenny Galladay. Like they give up points. So the offense has a chance to do what it can normally do. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to play a game mm. because I think, you know, that front seven of them, including Khalil Mack, that, that front seven is a little terrifying. Mm. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to play some ball. Um, but at the end of the day, you've still – I still believe with, with the Bears, and I don't buy their three and one at all. Um, I don't either. And, and it just becomes – you've got Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, whoever. In their mind, they've got to be thinking one throw or one bad series, and I'm going to get yanked. So, I, you know, I, I, you know what I'm getting at? I think that in the back of their minds, they're sitting there going, you know, I, okay, Nick Foles for this week, Nick Foles for the next two weeks. But if he screws up, hey, we'll throw Trubisky back in. So I'm not, you know, I do agree with what Chauncey said. I mean, these next two games, get the win against the Bears and then see what happens against the Saints. Because then you got the Falcons coming to your place. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that if you if you can get the – well, so will CMC be back then? We still don't know. It's The timeline's been weird. They made it yeah. sound like it was a couple weeks to this, week, after this week. but Either way, either way, you know, it, it, if you can get your running game going against Chicago and pound them out, you could, you're going to be all right. But Teddy's got to be smart and play good. I think this will be where Teddy can really take a next step and go, okay, we're going to go out against Chicago, a team that's 3-1, and one, and we're going to prove we can win. That, in my mind, I'll say in my mind, I mean, and I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this game against the Bears is going to be won in the trenches, your offensive line and defensive line. This is your offensive line's first real test, other than the Falcons because the, and the and the, uh, and the, uh, the Bucks per se, because they have fairly good four-on sevens, but that Bears front seven mm-hmm. poses a problem. So this is going to be a test Robert, for them. Oof. And especially Robert's also being, dude, like, mm. And then and giving your and then you're giving Teddy enough time to be able to look off guys like Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller. You have to look those guys off. Teddy's got an issue a little bit of staring receivers down for the most part. He hasn't had he hasn't done a lot, but that's where he forces some of those turnovers. So Teddy, you got to give Teddy enough time to get these to allow the wide receivers to get separation on these cornerbacks. And then in the front seven too, like it hopefully burns his back. But you, if you can get to Nick Foles. <laughs> Come on. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, it's over. Man, like I, like I said, man, it's going to be a testament to where this team is, and I think the national media will pick up on Carolina after that game. That's going to be the game where if, if Teddy Bridgewater goes out, and like, and like Jeff said, he's gonna have, it's going to have to be a game. He's, there's going to be a game at some point in the season where he's got to win it. And that's been the, you know that's a knock on Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody says he's a he's a game manager. He's, he's a low-ceiling type of guy. I think he's due for a game where he takes it over, and this is uh, and against Robert Quinn and, and Khalil Mack, a, a, a fearsome front seven. This is a game where if he if he does it in that game, every everybody all the eyes are on you now. But and to speak to and to speak to Jeff's point, um, real quick, like about McCaffrey, right now with the, the slate of games we have, up other than the Saints, 
let him sit out and get healthy as he as he can for a couple weeks. If we can get him towards the latter half of the season fully forced, as long as Mike Davis keeps doing his stuff, forget about it. Like that's you can't stop that. So like I, in my mind, like let McCaffrey. He's he has done his job. He's paid more than his dues. He deserves a vacation. Let the man take a couple. I know he just probably doesn't want to, but let him take up a couple weeks off because Mike Davis is doing what Mike Davis does, and he's being that workhorse, that blue collar guy that you wouldn't expect to do all this stuff. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, let it happen if, if we need it a little bit. Right. And you, you mentioned the national media and stuff. You know, hey, fly under the radar. There are a lot of teams that love to fly under the radar. And, you know, if, if, if uh, you know, the, the NFC, I go back to it. I'll keep going back to it. The NFC is not good right now. I mean, you take Seattle. Listen, Seattle, Seattle, they are good. Green Bay, you know, they, they are who they are. They, we, we haven't really, you know, you don't, you know, I'm getting at just kind of there. But Seattle is Seattle, and, and Green Bay. What do you got? I mean, re, I mean, really, what do you, what do you got after that? Mm. Uh, Green Bay. I mean, listen. Is, yeah, I mean, there isn't a team. I'm just looking at saying, okay, they're unbe- uh, That's the team that everybody has to aim for, like, because Green Bay, while they while they they're undefeated, I haven't been overly impressed. They look they look better than what they were last year on, under Lafleur, and Aaron Rodgers looks more. Looks more but that's not saying much, right? No. Yeah, and, and then uh, 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 sorry, I mean then Seattle, it's the Russell, it's the Russell Wilson show. I don't really know that team's not big overall. That team is not good. Russell Wilson is, is just playing, you know, out of his mind. That's our dog. That's Charlie, but and he's probably he's upset that we're talking about about Russell. And I'll say it every year. Every year that Russ Wilson has played in the NFL, I don't you can I don't care about Lamar Jackson, I don't care about Patrick Mahomes. The term MVP means most valuable player to your team's success. This is what people don't realize. Russell Wilson deserved to be MVP literally every season he's touched the football. Other than yes, maybe when the Legion of Boom was there. Other than maybe when the Legion of Boom was there. Yeah, when the Legion of Boom was there, it was still more of a Marshawn Lynch type of offense. But now Russell Wilson is the only reason that team is even relevant. Because I mean, honestly, if, if I look at those receivers. Before DK Metcalf got there, he was still getting to the playoffs with Tyler Lockett and what's the David Moore and like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sorry, he, Russell Wilson's done a phenomenal job, and he's really not. He just hasn't gotten his just to. He's been he's been a really a top three quarterback for quite some time, and I could push his, push him at like that top spot because honestly, that team can't survive without him on the field. And, I, and real quick, you know, I didn't know it till I watched him last week or whatever. They're, they're, you know where their defense is? Ranked? Be really low. Mm-hmm. They're 32nd. Yeah, that's what, that's what I figured. They're dead last. Dead last against the pass, but they're like 15th against the run, but they just, their secondary is horrible. I mean, he, he's literally, he's been their entire, he's been their entire team since the Legion of Boom. I will argue that to my death. And like I, I just said to Shantese, the MVP means most valuable player to your team's success. Russell has deserved to have that award. The fact that he has never, he hasn't gotten a vote, a vote. is is ridiculous to, to me. I can't, I can't imagine. Like, I don't, you can say Mahomes, you can say Lamar, whatever. They were great, really great players. But in terms of most valuable player, like to your team's success, it's Russell every year. No question about it, except for when they had a Legion of Boom. Can we just for a second get off topic here for a second and just, okay, Mahomes, you lose today and you just walk off the field. Oh, he's not going to get any flack like you, Cam got at all. You've shaken hands every game. Stephon Gilmore came over and gave you a hug. You talk to her. You lose, and you can't even go out and, you know, just buy. I'm going to walk off the field. Like the little sorry, whiny – never mind. I, I just <laughs> – you're right, Jack. 
had it been had it been Cam Newton, the media would have lit him up. But it's anyway. it's the golden child. And let me tell you what, God bless your Raiders. Go after hey, man. Look, I'll, I'll let Shanti speak on this. Just just to stay a little off topic, let's go a little bit more, more off topic. I think people gotta really be honest about Patrick Mahomes. And, and I'm not saying he is not as great as we all think he is, but look at his situation and tell me that's not a perfect situation to go into with a oh, absolutely. Andy Reid is, we all know, even before he won a Super Bowl this past season, we all regarded Andy Reid as one of the greatest offensive play callers in the NFL. And probably at this point, he's going to be regarded as one of the greatest offensive play callers in, in, league's, in league history. When and to have the enemy with you too. Exactly. Eric, again, Eric B. Enemy. Uh, going in with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and a great infrastructure. That's a, that's a great front office over there in Kansas City. They, that team wasn't a team that needed a quarterback change. They decided to make a quarterback change. That's the difference because they were, what, they, they were like 12 and 4 the year that they drafted Patrick Mahomes. He played in one game, which was the last game of the season, and they just decided to make the switch the following year. He's going into a great situation, and I think that I still I think he struggles in these situations where he's got to think still because the game is just for the most part they kind of they're, they're leading for the most part, and I think people kind of I I'm just not always sold on Mahomes being better than like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in these crunch time situations. Like I, I'm not ready to put him there yet. He's the best talent in the league. But I still can't put him. Russell wasn't the best quarterback in football, and, yeah. and you anybody and you can argue that with anybody else. But I've seen Russell Wilson time and time again come up big with lesser talent and a, and, a, and, a, and a lesser of a solidified situation around him, and still create and make plays. Not 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 Patrick Mahomes for going into a good situation, but I think we still have to see what could he do with everything not being perfect around him. Yeah. And, and into this game, what- you know, you saw it. And I think well, for the one thing, we definitely see you see how the Chiefs go. They how they fare out in shootouts. It's not great. They do better when they've got they've spread the the lead. They have widened the gap, and then he can just he's a backyard football player. That's all he is. He's whatever that the dude in, in, the, in the backyard football games on the DS was. That's him. Like when it comes to having to analyze, you, you heard what he said. He didn't know how to read a defense how, <laughs> until I, like last year. And everybody laughed at that. When he said it, everybody jumped and laughed like, oh, man, when he figures it out. Like, no, I don't think he's going to figure it out. That's a problem. I think some guys don't ever figure out the mental aspect of the game, and they just play off physical skill, and they play off physical attributes. And he may be one of those guys that his career may have a, may have a ceiling because he doesn't take that next step mentally and, and, and have foresight of the game before the game comes to him. And I think that's the difference between somebody – and I'm not going to put – oh, I will – Teddy, you know, Teddy's a, Teddy's a smart guy, and you know it. You know he's a smart – and here's the deal with Teddy. Listen, it goes back to what we said earlier. Teddy, it's 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 selfless. He's not selfish. He's not, I'm going to be a superstar. I'm going to take this team and put them on my back and go. Teddy's going to play football for the Carolina Panthers. And that's why, you know, I'd love to have him record. But listen, Lamar Jackson, at the end of the day, great player, go win a playoff game. But I think it's very interesting to see how the you know he, he how he's received when Lamar loses the game and how he acts when he loses the game and how that's received compared to how Mahomes is received when he loses the game. And there's a very, very kind of obvious reason in the difference between the two and how you know. Man. But that's that's neither here nor there. 
But no, and I do think, and you see it now. I mean, quarterbacks are quarterbacks are they're just so important to not only your team but your culture of your team, the way your team's looked at. I mean, they're the face of your team. And so I wish, I wish we could have had a year where we had Teddy and Keekley on both sides of the ball. Can you imagine the minds them just dissecting plays back and forth? And, 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 and I agree with you. No, I, and I agree with you. And you and you mentioned that. And, and I'll just if I if I can for a second, that's what happened with Tannehill. I mean, last year for the Titans, he – I mean, they had Derrick Henry. We get that. But that group of guys rallied around Tannehill. When they benched Mariota, that became Tannehill's team, and he became kind of the face of the team along with Derrick Henry. So you're right. I mean, that, there is that realm where, you know, it's it's a team deal. It's, it's a team deal and not – you know, and that's why I love Teddy. You know, he's just going to put on the jersey, put on the helmet, and go out and play football. And at the end of the day, I'll take that, you know, and real quick – one more thing off subject. God bless Alex Smith and seeing him back on the field today. That was just a moment for the NFL to and and to really come back from the same thing that Teddy came back from. Um, I didn't know Teddy's injury was that bad. Um, yeah, Alex's was, was a lot worse. I mean, he he thought he like there was a chance he might die. Like if that thing oh. hit and it was bad, like there was a, a real possibility or that he, if it went gangrene, like he might have died or lost a leg altogether. So like wasn't as bad. But no, I mean, it sent chills down my spine. I felt bad oh, for yeah. Kyle Allen because you know how how injury prone that man is. And he looked actually kind of good when he was playing, which I was kind of expecting, but um, no, I, that was, that was so cool. It was a little eerie that Alex Smith came in the, that, you know, today. And then Dak went out the way he did. Oh, um, God. And the funny thing, right. you know, like, and if I'm, if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm, I mean, I'm sure like Andy Dalton won you the game, but the game was already kind of, you know, it was, it was weird. But if I'm, I mean, if I'm Jerry Jones, it's never going to happen, but like, who's a, who's a guy with a similar build as Dak who played very similarly in his prime has the same kind of mobility and arm as Dak and isn't on a team right now and hasn't been on a team in years for certain reasons. And I think if you reached out to cap, I don't know what that would look like. Oh. <laughs> it's never going to happen with Jerry Jones, but like that would be good oh. for the Cowboys in my mind. Yes. <laughs> but I think about that state, that owner and hell no. The perfect team to have a, the perfect team to have a ginger quarterback. But you know, listen, Andy, that, that, Andy, Dalton, Andy, Andy Dalton, go out and play football. If you go out and don't, I mean, become a game manager for the Dallas Cowboys. You got the talent around you to still win. Listen, that division's horrible. That oh. division, listen, six and ten could win that division this year. I hate to say it. Yeah. But it literally could. Six, nine and one could win the that's, division. Andy Dalton. That's, that's the face they're on right now. Like that's no, the face that division's on. But you know what I'm getting at. Andy Dalton, go out and play football. Go out. You play for the Dallas Cowboys. Be a game manager. Give the ball to Zeke. You know, throw it to Amari Cooper. And, I mean, you know, hey, just play ball. And I know a lot of people, a lot, a lot of Dallas fans were just down on Andy Dalton. I keep having to remind people. He went to five straight. He had five straight playoff appearances in Cincinnati. He can play this game at a high level. Now, yep. is it – now, is the level – that you want to see, and you know, maybe not, but he is. But with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup, by the way, look like a stud out there. CD Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, you don't have to make he doesn't have to be this superhero guy. He he just needs to go out there and, like you said, just manage the game. Just, just yep. play football. But, um, you know, kind of wrapping up because we're looking at, you know, we obviously got to look at, to the week ahead. I still haven't seen if any of our predictions have been right. I don't remember what we called for the for the uh, for the Falcons game. We know Shantice was wrong because he said we were going to lose. And I think Tyler said we were going to lose, too. I, I can't remember. 
<laughs> Which, hey, we're okay with that. Tyler, Ashanti's just wrong. But you know, you know, I, I think Tyler picked us to win. I was dead saying we were losing that game because we, yeah. we hadn't won. Which is because it's exactly the game the Panthers would lose. It's the exact game. Oh, yeah. It's written up perfectly. Which gets back to the culture change. Which gets back to the culture change. And that, and listen, that's big. I mean, you're one and one of the. You're a half game from winning the division, from leading the division right now, which is just insane. You got a winning record. You have you're uh, like number two in the. I think number two in the division. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, number two. Um, if, if not, yeah, if not two. tied for number two, then with the Saints. Um, and depending upon how these you know how they fare with the Chargers tonight, hopefully you know Herbert, or Her, not tonight, but uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Herbert does well that game. We'll be rooting for the yeah, Chargers there. Three and two, right? Uh, the Saints are three and two. Yeah. They would be three and two. No, the Tampa. Well, no, well, Saints, Saints, or, well, well, you know, Saints are two and they, they're two and two right now. They they play. Yeah. Right. So they they lose, lose two and three. If they win, at best, they're three and two. Right. So um, I need your, your Todd for first. Uh, well, oh yeah, because yeah. the Bucks. But we're you, still yeah, half 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 team. you lost to the Bucks, but really you're three and two. Everybody's three and two except yeah. for uh, the Falcons. So when that, that's fine. Um. So but now you know, looking at this game and looking at it coming up, we got the Bears. Like we said, I think it's going to be a game that's won. Um. I mean, we got to. It's the, the defense has to show, has to prove themselves and show you know they can kind of lock down. I mean, you've looked at some of our our score sheets, and you know we've given up. Not a, a, a large amount of points, but I mean, not you know what you really want to see um, out of your. You know, I mean, it's it's good for your young defense right now, but you need to do a little better. So in my mind, I'm looking at a game kind of like I want to say it's going to be like 20 to 14 us. Um, more realistically, it's probably like 17 to 14 us. Um, but I just think that this because this with the games that the, that the bears have lost, they haven't scored more than 20 points. And of course that's one game, but that's how, that's what the Colts did. They got after it. It was a 19, such a weird score 19 to 11. But the, I mean, the, the deep, the Colts defense, which is also, I mean, the Colts defense is a lot better than ours right now, just in terms of the, how they're together. But um, I mean, we have the chance to replicate it. So in my mind, I'm going, I'm going 20 to 14. You know, it's crazy. You, you had my initial prediction by a point. In all honesty, but you know, I'm going to go, I'll go 17-13. Panthers win, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's close to what I was saying, really. I think the Panthers get out of the gate quick. I think they never look back. And I think it's like a 14-point win. I say it's 31-17. I mean, when, when the game, I, mean, here's the I think the Panthers show the NFL right then and there. We're a team that's going to be reckoned with. We got our offense clicking. We're growing each day. You better get, you better get ready. I mean, our team's put up thirty points in every game but two. We've, I mean, and even one of those was a loss to the Raiders, which you know we all know how that game could have gone. If we played them this week. I think that game's a, well, actually I don't know because they just beat the Chiefs, but you know what I mean. So you know what I mean. And then we haven't. I mean, each game we've won, we've let the most we've let up is twenty-one points. And the other two games we only let up sixteen. When we lost to the Bucks and to the Raiders, we let up thirty points. So you know that. I mean. You have uh, when you have the Bucks and the Raiders that they can both put up thirty points. Like it's, I, I mean, the defense just has to do a little. Like if they can just contain a little bit more. Um, like I said, these running backs don't scare me as much as you know the running backs in the past we've had. Tariq Cohen has a maneuverability to kind of get around us, but if we match one of our positionless players on him, you know, and make sure to lock him up, then I think we're fine there. We don't got to really worry about David Montgomery. But like I said, in my mind, it's one of these games that's going to be won in the trenches. And I know I sound like a broken record, but if we can play, if the defense can play like it has been and just create a little bit more pressure. And honestly, I mean, it looks like to me the biggest issue that's been with our defense in the past couple weeks has just been health issues. 
Because, I mean, you know, that's when the team, like when Dante went down against the Cardinals, that's when I was like, oh, no, things are starting to get bad. Like the receivers are starting to run away from it a little bit. When Brian Burns went out this last week, you know, or I mean, that's when I was like, oh, no, they're starting to run away a little bit, you know, and starting to build up some steam. So it's honestly, in all honesty, and with KK, you know, that was another issue coming off the beginning of the season was with not, without KK and our, you know, front seven felt a little light. So that, I mean, that's our biggest issue right now on defense is making sure everyone stays healthy. Yeah, man. It, oh, man. I really hope D-Jack and Brian Burns are both good to go. Because if those two play, we're fine. I have no I have no issues with what's with going against the Bears if D-Jack and um, Brian Burns play. I mean, we're going to have – biggest Foles is going to make some mistakes. Foles, if, if I've seen anything from, from Nick Foles is that he's not a great regular season quarterback. And it's, he's very a week-to-week type of player. So I, this this can go it's, – it's, he's up here against, against Tampa – he can dip back down to 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 the mediocre area against Carolina. He can he can, he can very well do that. I, I agree with that. I think he's that. I, I think he he thinks he's better than what he is. And the fact he just beat Tampa Bay, uh, who by the way I'm still not sold on. Listen, I mean fourth down, whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, and that's to tell. Well, here you go. But no, so I yeah, I agree with you, Shanti's big time. I mean, Sean, I, I think you know, like Shanti said. Foles is just flip a coin. Which one are you going to get? Exactly. And I think that's kind of the um, that's kind of the motto or like kind of the the look I have at almost the entirety of the NFL right now. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not really sold on anybody. I mean, I'm not sold of anybody in the NFC. Maybe the Rams, but they can be beaten. Obviously, I'm not sold on anybody in the, in the AFC. The Chiefs. I mean, would be only, but I'm they can be beaten. The Bills probably can be beaten. We'll see how the Titans do on Tuesday. Looking for a good win there, but a high scoring game for my fantasy margin. But. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not scared of anybody in the NFL. The only thing I'm the only thing I'm scared about for the NFL is if, for the season to actually keep going. Listen, yeah. let, let, let's let's back up there real quick, and we get into this. If you want to or whatever, that that to me, um, and and I read some earlier where they had actually a report had come out or rumors had come out that they were going to extend it two weeks. And basically, what they were going to do was they were going to stop after this week for two weeks and shut it all down for two weeks. I think it just becomes. Um, you got New England with a couple three cases, the Raiders or whatever. It's just the Titans and that whole debacle of what's going on there. Uh, they completely, you know, screwed the pooch and didn't follow the protocols, you know. And, and the rumors had it, um, which I'll defend a little bit, was they had those at high school gatherings on a Wednesday. The NFL came out Thursday and said, hey, you guys can't meet. So technically they did. But even then, you should have known better in the midst of all of this. And kudos to the NFL, Jack, I know what you're saying, whether we're going to have it or not. Listen, kudos to the NFL because all they've done is played a season so far in the middle of a pandemic, which really doesn't – the NFL doesn't lend itself to a bubble-type system, I don't think. Mm. So they've done all they can do. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. And, you know, for the Titans, listen, if you screwed up and you don't have any more cases, go out there and play with whoever you can play with. If you screwed yourself that bad, you just got to go take the field, play the Buffalo Bills with who you got. And deal with it and, and and just get rid of all the stuff that you're getting rid of and stop, you know, um, and like you said, let's just hope we get. But here's the deal. It'd be great. If Panthers would get to like six and two or something and then they cancel to see. No, you know. that'd be the most Panthers thing in the world. We, we, right. We'd be top yeah. of the NFC. We've only lost two right. games. And right. then, hey, guys, sorry. Season's right. canceled. Maybe we'll try right. again. That'd be the most we'll Panthers thing in the world. We'd, get to, we'd even get to like to the playoffs. We'd get to the playoffs and we'd be like number one scene, like home field advantage somehow. And then, yeah, you know, we're actually not going to have it this year. That, that'd be the most oh Charlotte God. Carolina thing in, in existence. 
Like that yeah. would just be the. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. That's how. That's how bad it would be. I would not be shocked if that were to be the case. Yeah, but not, right, right. I mean, I mean, and, and Robert, you know, you got to think about it. If we've got thirty-two teams, and right now there are three teams that have had issues, that's really not a bad deal in terms of playing football. Um, there are actually uh, high school teams down here in Charlotte, private high schools who've played in Charlotte. And now their case is growing on those high school teams. So, and you look at college, which is just, you know, this school with twenty-three positives, and this school, I think Virginia Tech took the field yesterday against North Carolina with. 20 players out or something. So it's just do the best you can to get through it. Let's just play football. That's all we can do is all we can do as a team, as a fan base. And as you know, just an NFL, you know, viewing population is just to continue y'all to keep pounding. That's our motto. And that's something that everyone can kind of, uh, can kind of use throughout this entire pandemic. And hopefully we're coming close to near the end of it. Lord knows. And we'll everyone keep praying for it. Y'all keep praying for, you know, pray for Dak Prescott. Cause I mean, while we talk, we joke about, it, I mean, that was, that was a gruesome injury. And you hate, you hate to see that from someone in the NFL. Um, and yeah, guys. So un- until next time, everybody keep pounding. Support for this episode has been provided by ratio keto friendly dairy snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio keto-friendly dairy snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods.